0: All right, are we ready to talk all things real world, road rules, the challenge, favorite cast members, maybe MTV, and also how somebody started a podcast? I don't know when you started, but I want to know, and how you became so quick and easily um, basically the go-to person for a lot of the real world and road rulers throughout the years. Uh, We have Mike Lewis here today. Mike, how are you doing, and when and where did you start your podcast? Because it seems like from zero to 100. Does it feel that way on your end, too?
1: honestly sometimes two years which is how long i've been doing it kind of feels like two minutes and other times it feels like 22 years since i've been doing this stuff so in that aspect i would say the zero to 100 analogy kind of does uh correlate here um but first off i just want to thank you for uh, having me on you know um you and i have uh spoken a a bit over the past few months and you know you've been very supportive of uh some of my content so i thought it would be a cool to hop on your show, you know? Um, but as far as, uh, when I started, I'll take you back always. Um, so I want to say about two years ago towards maybe about a month into COVID I started this, but I would say like the seeds were planted on my birthday a month and a half prior. And for those who have uh, checked out my episode with Brad, I had told him that the catalyst for me starting this was a cameo that I had gotten for him from my birthday. Um, And he gave a lot of pieces of advice in that, that kind of uh, lit a fire under me. And growing up, I would say that everybody's like dream and fantasy was like, I want to do YouTube. I want to do YouTube. I want to be a YouTuber. You know, that's just what it was with like my generation, I guess. Um, So Challenge, real world, and like just podcasting in general was never really my like goal or intention as much as it was content creation. So I didn't know what my niche was going to be, but I just knew that I wanted one. So I would say when I started, I was just bouncing all these ideas off the wall of like starting a channel and doing like social experiments and then like occasionally like interviewing people. And then I would say I had a few challenge people on. And then from there, I noticed that there was more of an audience for it than I thought. Like, I really was naive and underestimated how hungry and loyal and just dedicated that real world and challenge fans were. I didn't realize how deep and how much of like a niche it was until I would say about a month and a half in to when I noticed like <laughs> there's actually an audience for this. So then from there, you know, I just reached out to some people. Um, I was in some cases surprised to see like who was willing to come on. And then I guess, you know, it did kind of fast track from there. Um, but honestly, it was like a blink and you miss it type of thing for me. You know, at first you see it and then it just starts to take off. But now, like right now, I just can't even pinpoint like how it got from point point A to B, but I'm definitely, uh, you know, grateful for the people I've met and the opportunities and everything that's come from it.
0: Um, the one thing that's most interesting and you do your homework. So when I say this, I say this with support, mm-hmm. you are younger. So it's, it's yeah. odd, you know, for somebody like me, I was born in the eighties. So watching real world, the original season, I was like maybe 12 years old, 13 years old but you weren't, so it's kind of an amazing job that you've done. And I don't know if you do more research because you were a little bit younger. Like these shows were, (laughs) you weren't born really. And we, my generation, we were getting our life watching this stuff. It was very uh, compelling to us. How do you think you do such a good job at maintaining your youth and being, you know, newer to all this, but then still getting the credibility from the cast members? Because that was one thing that I noticed um, from your show They always, like, come now and kind of, like, uh, not taunt you, but they're like, oh, I've heard about a Mike Lewis interview. Like, it's it's a crazy thing to think. At one point, you were barely starting off getting challenged contestants to come through, and now there are so many real-worlders and road rulers who now know about you and know about your interview style and support you. That's pretty crazy to be so young and never have really, like, lived through it.
1: Yeah, I mean, at first, I, you know, was leaning into kind of – the uphill battle that it would be. I felt going into this, I think that those, I mean, you could look at it in a double-edged sword type of way, but in my personal view, I feel like age may work against you in some cases. So I knew in that regard that I might've had it a little tougher than some others, but I mean, clearly, you know, it's exceeded what I initially expected. I figured, You know, maybe my age would work against me. I'm fortunate that, you know, as of now, it hasn't yet. But um, I have leaned into uh, my age in the aspect of like, yeah, I didn't grow up watching certain seasons. Like, I'm not naive to the fact to say that I grew up watching the very first real world season. Obviously, that wouldn't be the case. But I think that, you know, through research, because obviously that's something that has to be required, when talking to people that I didn't watch growing up. Um, I think that that research is required. And I think that um, with some of my questions and like research, if the guests can tell that I did my research, then I guess maybe they can appreciate the fact that I came prepared with my homework done. Um, But yeah, like you said, it does, to the casual eye, I can definitely see how that could be surprising to like, (laughs) to <laughs> see that, no. like, you know what I mean. Like, it is very surprising. I get. I, I totally think it's
0: because it. I, of course, clocked it immediately. He's younger, but what it was for me was it was stating that you had done the research to such a degree because you almost had to compensate for maybe not being in on watching it regularly. But think about this. Think about this one idea. You ever um have to commute somewhere? If you got a short commute, you're always late. If you got a 45 minute commute, you're always early. It's that same dynamic, like because you didn't see the shows live, you maybe have a different research oriented um, base when you ask the questions, but they they've been enjoying it. They've been really loving it. And you've done really well. Um, Do you have a couple cast members from both the challenge real world that you have, um, you know, really enjoy talking to and have become some of your favorites at this point?
1: I've got, I've got a couple, um, you know, some may say, like the, the Kara Khan interview from a few weeks ago, um, that was a ton of fun. Um, another case of obviously wasn't, I was actually born the year that came out. That's funny. Um, so that was one that surprised me um, in terms of like, you know, the reception and everything. Um, sometimes, you know, when you yourself didn't live out a show, like while it came out live, you maybe don't anticipate maybe it being like as talked about as another one because maybe so-and-so didn't do a show or a challenge, so to speak. But I was very surprised with the reception on that one, just for an example. But as far as like people that I really enjoyed talking to, um, T- Tina's really cool. Um, I'm very lucky to have uh, gotten to have her on a handful of times. She's very fun to talk to. Um and then, honestly, I, I like the people that aren't talked about enough or aren't, like, so out there, you know what the I mean? The ones who like, kind
0: of left the uh, the scene or whatever, which is yeah. a lot of them, because a lot of them are getting older, you know, so your perspective isn't challenge questions anymore. It's, it's like real-life stuff, you know? And some of them are going through real-life things, you know?
1: Yeah, like, for example, like a Mark Long, right? Like, obviously, he's very out there. Don't get me wrong. Like, talking to him, I could have talked to him for five hours, you know what I mean? But contrasting him with say like a Joe from real world San Francisco who is obviously not out there at all is you know two very different contrasts but that was something that I think initially piqued my interest at first was talking to the ones that aren't out there first I think that was kind of where I wanted to go as far as uh, talking to ones that aren't you know posting what they're eating for breakfast every morning or yeah. like, you
0: know well, what you I mean get to discover the story yeah well I gotta say, I mean, not just because you did the interview, but I was telling you prior before you did it that one of the cast members that always just, I mean, she was a one and done, not maybe by her accord, maybe she, you know, had a better life doing other things. But uh, Kara Khan from Chicago was (laughs) so like one of my favorites. She was so instrumental in me just like watching the show. I think I was very close in age. They were like a little bit older. So there was this like, oh, when I grow up and, you know, I think I was out of high school about this time. Um, she just looked at some she looked like somebody I wanted to hang out with, and uh, she said all the right things and it was like just like a welcome to the world like type of thing. And of course, their season was quite challenging with the um, particular instance that they had to uh, um, have the television on for, which we all know what that was. Yeah, um, but I thought you did good with her, and she's exactly what you're talking about. somebody who has not been in the um, public eye for a long time, really. And so you just shoot the shit and it becomes a really fun interview. So you're doing great at that yeah it's fun to
1: talk oh no sorry no go ahead it's
0: fun to talk to
1: what it's fun to talk to like the normal like just people you know what i mean and and i guess like that's weird to say like normal people but you get what i mean like just someone that's not in the current scheme of what's going on like so you're essentially just talking to in a sense a stranger at that point that happened to uh, go and do something cool at something and at some point in their life you know what i mean
0: Well, my list of real-worlders isn't as big, although I've been in radio for years, so I have interviewed other people, but uh, real-worlders, not as much. But I did get my first interview, uh, and that was with Cyrus, and that was recently, actually, so that was quite fun. He talked about, you know, the the experience with Sean Duffy and those types of things that are kind of challenging, and the way of the world, and if he wanted to do a real-world homecoming, so... That was my first interview with a real worlder, which I thought was uh, fun. I, I kind of took from the book of Mike Lewis there. Um, anyhow, I wanted to ask you, do you agree with me? And we'll talk about challenge too, because I know you're a big challenge mm-hmm. fan as well. Yeah. Um, are you more of a challenge fan than real world? Or it, it seems like you get a little more excited at the challenge, which a lot of people are loving the show. And now to have challenge you know, is <laughs> coming.
1: Yeah,
0: All stars is like this whole nother thing. And even the one on uh, CBS is going to be this uh, new, exciting experience. Um, the way the challenge has grown so recently is quite amazing.
1: I will say that as far as like going back and watching, like, let's just say going back and watching like Cutthroat, for example, is a much more smooth watching process for me than, say, going back and watching like real world Key West, if that makes sense. So I would definitely say that you're right in that aspect, that I do get a little more excited when it comes to the challenge stuff. And then all around, like more so probably a challenge fan. But on the contrary, I will say that in terms of like the new stuff that's coming out, I thoroughly enjoy Homecoming better than I enjoy All-Stars at this current juncture. I've had a much better enjoyment with With the real world New Orleans Homecoming um then i've had all stars and that's not to say all stars is like bad (laughs) but i'm just saying like i'm just thoroughly impressed with the product that's been put out as far as the homecomings go so i would say spinoffs homecoming but the old stuff challenge
0: um you and everybody uh on homecoming new orleans specifically i watched the first one i love new york um i wish eric niece would have been more involved but Mm covet or whatnot I almost wish they could have altered the scheduling, but it is what it is. You would think Uh, so for a guy like him. Yes. L.A., Venice, I liked. However, I thought it was a bit off balance because I love Tammy Roman, you know, watched her on Basketball Wives and, you know, seen all the things she's done in her career. And she's still doing. So I felt like it was a really good season. It had all the stuff. It had all the excitement. But it didn't have, um, it wasn't divided evenly. Like, in other words, and I hate to say this, I think Tammy Roman should have got paid double. (laughs) You know, it's nothing, that's not against the cast. It's just, she's just so polarizingly more of an entertaining person on the camera. And I don't like to watch a show where it's that, it's that much from the great Tammy, but you're not learning anything from John, you know? You interviewed John. What do you think of him? Do you think he's kind of holding out when he, when he films these shows because he's kind of putting his, his uh, you know, where he has to go back to his job. And I think that's a challenge that a lot of these cast members have is now they're older, so they have a little bit more responsibility. They don't want to really act too wild on on the camera for Homecoming, huh?
1: Honestly, I, I'm fortunate enough. John's probably one of the people out of, like, all this stuff that I've maintained, like, a pretty nice relationship with, like, as far as, like, you know, continued sustained relationships go. Um, so having gotten to know him more, honestly, I really think that there's no holding out. And this is actually the guy that we see. Like, I just genuinely feel like what we see of him on screen is actually who he is. And as crazy as that is to sound, um, and as much of like, just a straightforward answer as that is from the John that I've spoken to, like off the off, you know, recording and everything, like what we saw on screen is exactly who he is. And I don't think it's him holding out for anything. I just think what we see is what we get of him.
0: Yeah. Well, in that case, it is good. In that case, it's good because we only see one type of person on television usually. So if John is completely different and it's an authentic thing, then that's, that's great. Even the fact that everyone is aged a little older. Mm -hmm. I like that too. You don't see anyone outside of 35 years old. That's like a dinosaur usually. So the real-world Homecoming has sort of opened that up, and I really do do like that. I'll ask you a couple Homecoming questions along the way, um, mm-hmm. kind of like which cast would you like to do, uh, would you like to see in a Homecoming? But I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to start off a little, little messy. I want to do... <laughs> um, you see, Mike, uh, me and my brother do the real-world... I'm sorry, the Challenge All-Stars recap, so we've done season one, two, and now three. Um, and one thing my brother will always notice is that I, I always um, have an issue <laughs> with this particular cast, and so it, it, it led me to tell you that I wanted to say, and I want to get your opinion this to me was the least, oh, uh, sorry, the most overrated real world cast. Um, pretty much one of the most overrated. You talk, you hear them a lot, I don't think they're that great. And let me show you a photo, and we'll talk. I knew it. <laughs> um yeah i'm referring to what was so hyped up to be such a big season they were in austin especially at a time that austin was sort of you know it's always bubbling up but at the time it was you know this new thing or not really new but south by southwest it was it was a time and this cast was supposed to be so great and i really look at them and i'm like It's like, (laughs) we're missing something. (laughs) We're missing some cast member. I don't know. What are your thoughts about Austin? And I guess conversely to that, it's like Nehemiah, um, Wes, and Melinda are current challenge uh, all-star members. Um, And again, that's where my brother teases me and says, oh, you happen to never like those cast members. Um, And it turns out I didn't like the season either. Uh, What do you think?
1: Yeah, I have heard that um, like when this thing first came out, it had like a Vegas type of aura to it with how like the press handled it. You know, I've heard that like Danny and Melinda, because, you know, they go they went on those like um, the cast used to go on the bar appearances and like all that stuff back then. I heard that like Danny and Melinda were so like almost like a Kanye Beyonce type of or Beyonce Jay-Z <laughs> <Wow>.
0: <laughs> type of uh, breaking news again. Yes.
1: Yeah, um, type of thing as far as like couples go coming off of that show. Um, and even when I held my March Madness, they made it to the finals before losing to Vegas. So I was, you know, obviously that speaks volumes. But as far as like my personal opinion on like their cast and like their season, I understand both arguments of why it could be overrated and properly rated. I think that it was remembered mostly due in part to the Danny and Melinda stuff and just Danny's story in general and then Wes and Johanna's obviously challenge I think dynamic plays a part mm-hmm. in why that's remembered so heavily I think and you notice that with some of the other casts too like what they go on to do on the challenge ultimately kind of helps their real world season age better than maybe it really was like I think Key West is also kind of fallen under that category as well so people sometimes, I think, the lines get blurred between a good real world season and just whose name or face is more recognizable. If that makes sense, yeah. And that's not to say that like Austin was a bad season, but I do get where you're coming from. Um, as far as like something does feel kind of <laughs> lacking, but you know, I wouldn't mind. The, I wouldn't mind the homecoming though, just because. Yeah. I, no. Interview Danny. It, personally it doesn't
0: oh you you want to interview danny i would
1: love to interview danny
0: um i didn't mean to drag you into the mess but i was like if i'm gonna do this show i'm gonna keep it blunt and say who i think is the the top tier people you know Kara, chicago i like but there was something about austin and i feel like your audience specifically knows everything about the challenge and the real world seasons that i was like oh you're a perfect person to talk to and ask the question I don't know. Anyone else agree with me? (laughs) I mean, Danny's Danny's
1: story was, like, very good. But that was, like, I guess where it ended.
0: Well, here's what I think would happen. It came after Philadelphia, which wasn't a bad season, but I don't think Philadelphia did very well. So I think MTV, in terms of promotion, as you were saying... I think they really hyped up the season like, oh, don't you worry. We got Austin. We got another great season. I don't know the numbers of Philadelphia. I actually don't have a problem with Philadelphia. I actually auditioned for Philadelphia, made it round one or two or whatever it was. The, the round where you write like 25, uh, 25 uh, Q&As and you have to send in a tape, I made it to that round. So Philly was always in my heart, you know. Um, but after Philly, I don't think Philly did that well ratings wise. I don't think. Maybe you could find out at some point. Um so Austin coming right after that. It felt like MTV was like, Don't you worry, we got a good cast, and it's Austin, the most exciting musical town. And then I was like, What is this shit? So I they may not be that bad, but I was let down,
1: you know. They didn't, they didn't wait too long to release Austin either. I think the turnaround was very fast from Philly to Austin. Like they just wanted Philly to be over with at that point.
0: And I don't it's think Philly bad. was that bad. I do think Philly maybe could have switched out like mel like she maybe didn't bring a lot to the table but i don't think philly was terrible philly had potential it really and if you think about it now mj's on the all-stars karama's got a talk show coming like it was a yeah it was landon was one of the best challenge cast members so you uh you have some great people there for sure um sara
1: from that show i thought was (laughs) correct you can you know correct me with like you know your thoughts but like I thought that like Sarah, (laughs) yeah, this is one of my hot takes, but like, I thought that Sarah was like the star of their show.
0: She was, she started too hard though, because I think in her casting special, she said, Oh, no one's going to even know about Trishel after me. When you do that whole thing where you like almost, I don't want to call it desperately trying to get casted, but it's like one of those things where you, you say something so specific. It's like picking a
1: fight with somebody hoping that they're your rival on a season. You paired up. I them. guess
0: so. And yeah. at that time, Trisha was so popular, but um, mm-hmm. Sarah was interesting. I did a I did a rewatch recently, and I'm telling you, that season wasn't as bad as people think that it was. Um, Sarah specifically, she had a lot going on. She was a little bit more on the spoiled side, um, but that's also you know, sometime in the upbringing, things like that happen. And her mother was going through some stuff. It was a it was a season. I I actually really enjoyed it. Um, the Karamo storyline was great, too. There were some really interesting things with Karamo and MJ. You know, how many times does it happen to you? How many times does it happen to you in terms of the bar, the situation that had happened? It was it was not bad. Um, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to let you tell me what homecomings you would want to pitch if you, were, if you were running shit, okay? But I'm going to say, uh, and I just talked to Cyrus. You know, he would like to do Boston, so that's a good choice. Um, a season that I thought was really, really good and doesn't get talked about too much but I think would come together nicely is San Diego. San Diego. Now, obviously, sadly, Frankie is no longer, um, she has passed, but I think the cast um, is, is quite unique um, in terms of Jamie and the success she has you know, now as an actress. She's married to Brian Greenberg. Um, I think Brad, of course, was interesting then. He is on the Challenge Cameron. She was on Southern Charm for all those years. Um, And I don't know too much about the rest of them, but I feel like everyone, you know, was 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 great while the season aired. The only question, and you might know more about this, I feel like we're hearing rumblings of Robin not doing so well. Right. Is that something that you've heard?
1: Yeah, um, that's something I've actually very much so been uh, aware of. As without getting like too bogged down on the details, as far as like what I know, I Don't think at the current juncture that would be feasible to have her on the show at the current juncture. Now that's not to say like in the future, um, if uh, what's being said gets better, then maybe that could be a possibility in the future. But um, right now it would be a very uphill battle. I would say in terms of getting that off the ground moving.
0: Then in that case, we don't want to see it because you know, everyone taking care of themselves is is number one. Well, okay, then I'll put the question on you. Who is a cast that you would like to see? Obviously, it appeared that there was a three-order for the Homecoming, which is sort of wrapping up with New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the plans, you know, uh, Paramount and Viacom and everything. Who would you like to see as a cast back together?
1: So I'll throw a couple on the table here. And um, in my personal opinion, I think that this is a season that, People look on very fondly, and at the time period, I, from what I've gathered, was very popular, but maybe it's fallen through the cracks due to not being on Paramount, and then their cast being pretty much uh, off the grid in a sense.
0: Oh, is it Miami?
1: It's Miami, and <laughs> here's the kicker. From talking to you know Flora and Cynthia, everybody amongst themselves has talked. They are all seven down for it. But Oh, that'd be good haven't gotten the call for it from what it appears. Um, now, in that being said, if you're I think that that's the most likely route for four, if you want my honest opinion. I think that um, if you were to pick up the phone right now, the producers and send phone calls around to each cast to see which of them answer first, like that they would go, that is most likely the route. Now, in my personal opinion, I don't know this to be fact, so for anybody watching, do not take what I say literally. This is just an opinion, and I don't know this for a fact. But in my personal opinion, if I'm playing devil's advocate, I think that the reason why Miami hasn't been maybe talked about yet or fully approached about it yet is because MTV might not – or Paramount might not feel like their season is marketable enough because when you look at the other shows – you're very easily able to pinpoint, like, there you go. That's going to be the person we're putting on our billboard. Mm. This is going to be who we're – like, you've got Tammy for L.A. and Beth, even, um, and a lot of controversy there that's carried over onto challenges and stuff. And then you've got Eric Nice on New York. You know, Heather B. is very much in the limelight still. And then on this recent season, I mean, Julie went on to do how many challenges? Melissa – is very marketable. Danny was very popular coming off mm-hmm. that show. You had tons of, you know, what people would call like, you know, pillars. And that's not to say that I don't feel like there's pillars on Miami because I think, and I love Cynthia. She's one of my favorite people I've talked to. I think Dan's a very good cast member. Flora's entertaining. Um, And then I think you've got other people like Melissa, who we don't know what she's doing. She was very pivotal on that show. Mm -hmm. I think you've got other interesting people like Joe. um, And then, you know, Mike, there's a lot of things that could be talked about on that from rewatching it that I think, um, you know, something that needs to be tapped into. And that's just one. And I feel like it's very likely if they just pull the trigger on it.
0: You, but you make, I mean, I i wish that wouldn't be a hindrance, but maybe it is. They don't have a come and be my baby tonight moment, really, uh, as, as good as the cast was. The only thing with Miami is, do you really need that type of moment, you know, or that type of uh, exposure to this day? You know, like Tammy Roman's always still been on TV, um, as you were saying, and and all these things. Miami's such a great city. It just feels like it, it still would work, but but maybe not, maybe not.
1: I think another good one, and I don't know, like, what their thought process is as far as, like, going backwards because they skipped over, obviously. You know, they went straight from two to nine. Um, San Francisco, I can just say right now that's most likely not going to be revisited if you want my honest opinion. I think that, uh, yeah.
0: It feels so hopeful if you, like, Blink. <laughs> but,
1: I would. Have to, I would have to put producers in touch with Joe.
0: <laughs> um, it's uh for which season?
1: For San Francisco.
0: Oh, um. I'm joking. It's it's just it seems it's just too 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 challenging. I mean, you can't really trust Puck, really. So there's and a lot Pedro, of Pedro.
1: Pedro is obviously not with us. Um, unfortunately, yeah. either. Did so. you
0: see that Joe went in? But it was almost Mark Long who went into that season.
1: I did. I talked. I talked about that with that. Uh,
0: <laughs> that is so interesting to me. So that really makes him the Godfather because he was almost going to be a uh, a real worlder or could have been. Yeah. It, it was just they didn't choose him, right? Mm-hmm. And he showed them. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so- a cast that I, I would like to. I would like it to work. And you know, t- in terms of like the money that's being thrown at them, if if this was the next cast. I feel like, like, let's say you're Judd and you want to like preserve Pedro's legacy. It's so hard to do because you think, well, for one, Rachel and her stance, but that's, you know, that's, that is what it is with Puck. Like, what is he willing to do messy wise? And I think there's certain times where like money is just not going to be enough (laughs) contractually. You know, you're going to be having to exchange energy with, with somebody who could be a loose cannon and it's just probably not a good move. It sucks because rewatching that series is is a time capsule for sure. I mean, what Puck did for that show, it was, was, I mean, that literally was the moment that, you know, the president of the time, Bill Clinton mentioned, you know, these, these harsh realities, you know, um, and what Pedro was doing advocacy wise. I get chills just even like <laughs> rethinking of that era. And I love the real world in that era where they, for the most part, still lived a normal life, still chased their own dreams. Judd was a cartoonist. You know, Mohammed was a rapper. Um, everyone had their own thing. Puck was a, I don't know what he was, <laughs> a drinker. Um, but <laughs> it just felt more organic in the sense that now they're just placed in the house to like party and fight. So yeah, that uh, is
1: essentially what it is now you yeah. hit it right on that.
0: Well, not now there is no now anymore. Do you think real world, real world will come back?
1: Do I think it'll come back you mean like a normal real world, like with new
0: people? Like Seattle was the last season, then they had the Facebook season in Atlanta. Do you think something like that will come back, or do they need to do a gimmick or an, uh, 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 something unique to draw people in? I think that was the beginning of the end because the season started to go down when they did skeletons, when they did you know go big or go home. That's when that's when the show became uninteresting. I think
1: you could look at it two ways. You know, I actually heard that. Um explosion was supposed to be the last one and like because it did well like in the ratings like i'm pretty sure they went on rolling stones and stuff um and that's what ensured them more seasons honestly skeletons i get like you know with the party aspect and how the genre had taken a change i didn't mind that one i think it really started to like just this is done was go big or go home and bad blood are the two seasons where it just that's this, this yeah. thing is over and there's no coming back and then Atlanta was just like I don't know what that I I didn't watch that like I I haven't watched a single episode of that I could say that safely I
0: I think I tried a couple it's on Facebook you know it's just a limited option to watch it's it's maybe young and fresh for some generation but not for everybody um I think I didn't like skeletons because I get defensive over the original Chicago <laughs> <laughs> I I really you know, think that they they should get an opportunity at a homecoming. When you talk with Kara, did you get a sense that she would ever want to touch any of this again? Yeah,
1: she would. She would. She's not going to jump to do it, but if the call comes, she would do it. I just don't – and I feel like she could even talk Kyle into doing it too. I, th- I yeah. really think she can. Um, again, there's one objective standing in the way of that happening, and it just so happens that that one objective – is ultimately probably too big of a situation to um, ensure that season of happening.
0: Oh, I know what you're talking about. Washington yeah. origins. Yeah. And then the stuff that happened on the challenge. Yes. Okay. Moving <laughs> on, moving right along, Mike, I got to ask you real quick, and then we're going to get to the challenge, but I got to ask you in terms of your skill set, one to 10, how good do you think you are? And then I have a question to follow <laughs> one to 10. Give it to me. Let's go.
1: Well, you know, I do like to be uh <laughs> objective but I also do like to uh, bet on myself but um you know we'll, go, we'll, we'll uh, be generous here and we'll go with a um 10
0: okay I'm gonna knock you down two points All right. only because it was whatever you said I was gonna knock you down two points and this is only because he's been doing this for two years he's been talking to challenge cast members we haven't seen in years. Road rulers we haven't seen in years. Like I said, they're getting a thrill when they talk to him now. You know, now they're like, hey, Mike, what's up? Oh, my God, I heard about your interviews, your interview style. They're they're praising you before you even start. However, you are slacking, Mike, because you have not talked to the great Coral Gene Smith. (laughs) And I need to know what the fuck is happening. We need Coral on your show.
1: Well, I'm going to spill the tea. (laughs) (laughs) coral and i i've had a couple run-ins she was supposed to be my 100th which was back in the end of august but i'm approaching my 150th and two weeks ago we were scheduled we were scheduled the whole thing you know we had a 15 minute phone call two days before it was supposed to happen we spoke hours before um and then i don't know I still haven't heard back from her. She just didn't didn't show up to our uh, scheduled time. So I don't know. But what I can confirm for those listening, if you're wondering, like, if, you know, she'll do an all star show from speaking to her. That sounds like the ship has sailed. She told me that she turned down because they just don't pay enough. That's Mm. flat out. That's why she said she hasn't agreed to come on. Now, I can't divulge what was what the amount was, but. Cause you know, that's uh, personal stuff, but that is uh, the roots of uh, why we have yet to see her on um, an all-star show. And then why we haven't seen her on my show.
0: Um, well, then I've got to chew out Boona Murray <laughs> or whoever and knock some notches off their belt too. Cause you pay Coral what Coral wants. She's so instrumental of that era. And for her, uh, not to be seen on the challenge. Again, if it's a physical thing, you know, and she doesn't want to do it, I think Kara, as much as I like Kara Khan, um, she's like, yeah, I'm not physical. I don't want to do I'm the just, challenge. But Coral, but Coral, 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 Coral was, and Coral did say famously, I don't fight. I beat bitches up. <laughs> I mean, I need Coral back on the show. This is what I need to happen.
1: Coral's just in a, uh, she's in a little bit of a different space, you know, from talking to her. She still said that she's still Coral, but it's taken on a little bit of uh, a different type of coral these days. You know, she's a mom now she's working yeah. as a doula. So now she's helping other moms with their moms oh, and nice. delivering birth. So, you know, she's got a lot of, uh, she got a lot on her hands. Um, and, you know,
0: I guess I just wish in this streaming platform um, generation where it sounds like all the networks are just, you know, thriving for new shows. It makes me think, Somebody that monumental, fine, don't put her in a challenge because maybe that's a toxic environment. Fine, maybe not even a homecoming because you don't want to be the same coral, You know, and sometimes reality TV keeps you locked into that same personality, unfortunately. But I find it hard to believe, and this is not a knock on him whatsoever. You know, when you look at that season uh, back to New York and you know, Mike has had all the success as the Miz and I'm not taking anything away from him, but there's a part of my heart that hurts a little that Coral isn't like, <laughs> you know, making that money. And I, I was looking at the Boona Murray website the other day and I was like, oh, okay, they're producing Mike's show, his his reality show with his wife. I mean, somebody at Boona Murray, make the call, give us a show about doulas in San Francisco or wherever Coral's at. She just, she the thing is, I can see her trepidation possibly for not doing reality if you get locked into one, one edit, you know? Give her something else, let's let her grow. She was compelling even when she was, um, sure, her, her stern moments were, were fun to watch, but she was compelling when she was sweet. She was compelling when she was warm. She was compelling when she was vulnerable, nervous. I wanna see it all. Um, and I don't think I'm the only person who's raising their voice and sort of frustrated that if you watch that season live like I did, you didn't because you were a baby, <laughs> but if you watched it live, you could never blink your eyes and say, oh, yeah, I bet you in 10 years, 15 years, Mike the Miz is going to be a thing. And Coral is going to be, you know, not that her life is not fabulous, but we would we, you would think you would see her, you know, years and years ago, uh, continuing on with something. Uh, but she's doing something great personal. So maybe maybe that's just the route, you know. So I I, I equally understand.
1: I hear you. But, um, you know, I'm I mean, I don't know this. Fact, but maybe she just didn't want maybe she had the chance to uh potentially parlay i'm sure if she kept doing challenges and staying there like something would have which would have kept going you know mm. but some people you know like when you're in such a noisy setting for a while sometimes people appreciate and enjoy like quietness and just normal after a while you know what i mean
0: No, I agree. I agree. Uh, A trepidation I had with my career in radio is that we used to put in the nine hours a week, nine hours a day. Sorry, nine hours of work in a week. It was it was insane. No sleeping, all the craziness. Um, and, And I had no problem with that aspect of work ethic. Now that I'm in your generation, so to speak, and the digital people are winning and the YouTubers and the TikTokers are winning. Some of them are like 19 years old. I have had a hard time competing at that level. Not because of my work ethic, but because I don't like to be present all the time. Mm-hmm. Like like our interview. I like to, let's get this interview in. We'll talk shit for two hours. <laughs> we'll have fun. But I also like to cut it off. And I don't like accessibility to me. In order for me to be a good broadcaster and become better and better, I like to cut it off. And so I could totally see that. Like, why am I going to do real world all again, homecoming, and then... They're, you know, the same things will start being drudged, uh, you know, brought back up. Um So anyways, you make a lot of points, but this was an appreciation moment for the great coral because I know a lot of people enjoyed her and it's just somewhere in my heart. I'm like, why don't we see her doing, doing another project? But if it's in her, if it's in her best interest, then, then great. But, I'm trying
1: uh, guys. I'm trying. Hopefully <laughs> I can
0: We're We're counting on this you. The
1: closest I ever came. So we'll... yeah. Third time might be the charm.
0: We're counting on you. She was a star. She always will be a star, no matter how loud and, and big personality. Um, we're just interested, personality-wise. We're just interested in, like, you know, the new life and the motherhood and all that stuff. So, Coral, come talk to somebody. <laughs> and, and, and MTV, pay her. <laughs>
1: yeah, pretty um,
0: nice. Let's transition into the challenge. Oh, and I have a question for you a little bit later about the real world. Right. Um, so, TJ Lavin... Um he is working working working. He's doing the show, he's doing the All-Stars, he's doing the USA version. Another shady question, but I'm just going to do it. If you were to have to cast somebody else to do one of the challenges because TJ was too busy, who would you choose to host? Yeah.
1: Like any show or fl- just flagship or
0: Um let's just say any show. So because currently he's doing the flagship which is season 38 all-Stars 3, and then the new one that's coming to CBS. Who would you... I have somebody in mind. Who would you choose?
1: Uh, honestly, this might be, like, a surprising pick, but I actually really enjoyed Johnny Mosley as a host. Oh, okay. So he would be an option on the table. Um, And, you know, if you want to just stick to, like, uh, maybe, like, uh cast member route, The Miz or Mark Long could be an option. Okay. So...
0: That's more where I was going. The Miz did the uh, Challenge versus Stars yeah, thing champ, that they had. Man. He did good. you know. Like I said a second ago, because I was praising Coral, I wasn't trying to shit on The Miz, just so you know. 1,000% um, uh, if TJ is ever busy, I think they need to put in Eric Neese from The Grind. I was,
1: I was just <laughs> thinking about him, too.
0: <laughs> you interviewed him. Um, what did you ask him? What did you talk to him about? Um, how did he feel as far as his his experience with homecoming and um, not really getting to be with everybody because he had COVID?
1: I think he's at peace with it all now. You know, you can't undo the past ultimately. Um, You know, I don't know like deep down if he maybe has any like um, regret or, uh, you know, carries maybe bigger emotions than what, you know, he displayed when I spoke to him but just from like what he's told me and just speaking to him, it seems like he's at kind of at peace with it now. You know, he doesn't really focus on what has happened. He's more of like a what's present type of guy. He's very Zen these days. So he's definitely taken on like a very different lifestyle than what he once did. Um, And I think it's working out well for him. He's very, uh, he's a healthy guy, you know? So, um, I'm happy to see that he's in a good place. He actually, uh, talked about how he got it kind of rough uh, coming off the show. You know, he was had to grind stuff for a while, but then once that stopped, he ran into a little bit of a rough patch, you know, with a manager of his that ultimately screwed him over um, yeah. in, you know, a lot of ways. So, um, you know, he's seen the whole gamut, you know what I mean, from top to bottom and now kind of this middle length, I, I would say.
0: Yeah. It's a uh, tricky show. It's a show that catapults you to superstardom. Um, and it's also a line too when that used to happen and there wasn't social media, and now that there is. Um, and just even the ones from earlier, the early seasons, getting paid not a lot, yet you're famous, but that fame can't pay your rent, really. And you are trying to get opportunities, but you're almost more of a novelty because you're from the real world. Yeah. Where you're not necessarily bookable. Um, which probably a couple cast members on your show have, have talked about, but I've certainly heard people say that many a times, especially in the early seasons.
1: Think about it like this. On the real world, if somebody gets blacked out drunk and, like, says something, let's just say, like, racist to, like, a minority cast member. But if in a movie or a sitcom or anything that involves acting, if that same sequence occurs, then you could just chalk it up to this person's playing a part versus this person is literally playing themselves and just did something belligerent on television. Mm -hmm. There's like the fine line. So I get it. Um, for like, you know, like acting and like entertainment producers, like maybe why they would not have, uh, a certain inclination to want to, uh, do business with reality stars, you know? Um, it's unfortunate for the ones that aren't being belligerent on reality TV that maybe they're just kind of guilt by association in that aspect. But, you know, I, I see why it is that way.
0: I don't even mean just if you've had one of those moments like a Paula Walnut's situation. Yes, hard to bounce back from. She did. Uh, but I don't even think that, Mike, and you could relate to this. And you could relate to it because you did say you like to take a break from your show sometimes, too. You're very big mm-hmm. into mental health um it's just very awkward i mean all of us in our quest with our own youtube shows or podcasts we've learned how to do it but the psychology (laughs) is it the psychology is that the word but behind having to re-listen to yourself re-listen to your opinion re-see you know maybe you didn't like the t-shirt you wore and, and and look at yourself as a product and not a person I mean, that is minimal compared to what some of these real worlders had to do. And yes, they did choose to do it. But I mean, at the same time, I give uh, such grace to nearly all of them um, because it's not an easy thing to do.
1: I think about it, too, time to time, because, you know, when I have my own type of battle, so to speak, with this, you know, I think about it. And I'm like, holy smokes, I can only imagine what so and so has to do with being on like a actual like scale where like a show is playing out for like whoever wants to watch it across the world. You know what I mean?
0: Well, yeah. Like when you talk with Karen, she was like, imagine like this Tuesday's coming up or Wednesday or whenever the show is airing and you know what you're about to see, like, you know, and how that could be impacted with, you know, family that's watching, elder relatives work. Like it's, it, it's enough to make somebody uh, anxious again, what they chose to do. But there should also be um, a mix and that grace between um, understanding. And again, I think we get that because we do a show. And I like I said, there will be (laughs) there will be kids, you know, because I'm a little older and I've started working in radio so many years ago that will run circles around me. And I always say, I mean, I'm playing the long game. And what I mean by that is I have to unplug. I just have to. I cannot be accessible 24-7. And I know this is not about me. But I think that's just an important practice for all of us. And I think you've done it in a healthy way, too, where you're like, okay, last episode, taking a little hiatus. People think that that's crazy. People think, you know, got to post five Instagrams a day. And listen, if you're Kim Kardashian and you have it as a business and you have an assistant to post and it's a sponsored ad, I could see it. But if you're not at that level and you're working that quick, there's going to be a burnout. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I stand by that.
1: No, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because, you know, I, I'm going on about pretty much the better part of three weeks that I've just kind of been away. I wanted to do your show, <laughs> of course, because I've been mainly off social media uh, for the better part of three weeks. I was on vacation uh, last couple weeks, last two weeks. So oh, nice. I was, yeah, um, I wanted to do this, obviously. But yeah, exactly what you said. You know, I'm not, I'm not that guy that's uh, a, a podcaster, but it's like a glorified fan page. Uh, that needs to repost what other challengers are up to. You know, that's not not been my speed. It's never been my speed. It's not going to be my speed. I consider myself an artist. I put stuff out, and artists need time to, um, you know, need time to rest.
0: Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. You know, you are – in charge of the interviews and you want to do a good interview series, you got to duck out. You have to, you have to, you have to. And so many times I struggle with having colleagues understand that they think I, they think I got no heart. I'm like, bitch, I've been doing this since 2002. If anyone knows what the fuck is going on, it's me, but I still have to, you know, cause I've had those breakdowns before when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, this is not about us. This is about the real world. And, yeah. real rules. and we were just, you know, kind of observing that by way of, you know, some of the challenges that these, um, funny, some of the challenges that these cast members have had, but you know, we're not going to feel too sorry for uh, Eric Nice because he did have the nicest set of abs we had ever seen in 1992. So, you know what? We can't feel that bad for you. Sorry about it. The end. Okay. <laughs> now to the challenge. What is it about the challenge that uh, does excite you? Why do you think it has 38 seasons? And why do you think it's getting bigger and bigger by way of having three shows on at once or, three shows that are sort of in production.
1: Well, depending on who you ask, so we'll ask me here. If it was up to me, we would have had the challenge getting bigger and um, expanding with how they're doing right now, back during what I would consider the glory days. Um, I think that it started out as something relatable. You know, the personalities, I would say, through the first 20... 26 seasons really carried the show Um, I mean we've seen it taken on basically more of like a sport now which you know some people like some people don't but I'd say like the reason as to why it's gotten to 38 seasons is because it started out as something relatable it started out as people you watch stories unfold that's why you root for them that's why you want to see somebody who is I don't know, swinging from a rope to an objective point, <laughs> do that. Now, with the show, the way it's evolved, I don't want to see an Instagram influencer who I have no idea where they yeah. live, what they've been through, complete that objective. I can go and watch that at like some local like fitness center. Like I don't need to watch it on TV. You know what I mean? I think we enjoyed this show because we almost felt like we can do it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it was relatable. I don't necessarily like or am inclined to watch like more of like a sport element of what it's taken on right now. If I wanted to watch sports, which I've I am a sport guy, but when I'm watching sports, I come for sports. When I'm coming for reality television, I want to feel like I'm watching reality television mixed with competition, not sport yeah. but using like a reality gimmick that just doesn't Necessarily, still exist in my eyes.
0: Well, I certainly don't feel like them adding all the social media influencers have been good to the show. Um, trying to cross over, are you the one? Which was a show I never watched, but you know it's in the family. I could kind of see, um, but it it had just gotten away from like you. What you said, we didn't know who we're rooting for. <laughs> you got to give us a reason to root for somebody that we like. And I think the Challenge All Stars has balanced that a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's kind of given us, you know, I want to see new Tina. I want to see evolved Tina. Oh, there goes the Pans. She's not evolved that much, you oh, know. Man. Oh, wait, you know, that's what you want to see. Um, and I find it by no means boring because a lot of them are married now, so there's a little bit of an element that is lost, you know, the flirting and stuff. But um, it's it's great to see. It's great to see. So I'm a big fan of it. I think the Challenge that's going to be the Challenge USA on CBS. I think that will do well also because Big Brother cast members have always been really great. Um, Amazing Race, Love Island, I think it is also. And um, I'm I'm into the journey. I'm into seeing how it grows. My brother specifically does call it, you know, the the fifth sport or whatever. He's big into sports. I'm not at all. And it's just this common ground that we come together because it's very real world-ish, but it's also very challenge-ish. And I don't know where they can go. The only places I don't need them to continue to go is when they do those episodes or um, seasons rather that it's like a spy or a you know undercover oh, mission Lord. the level of corniness and the level of wasted money possibly I don't know I'm not you know running shit but the level of money on these uh, special effects that honestly I'm gonna say it loud nobody gives a fuck about <laughs> um, it's, taken away from the, it's taken away from the challenge it's not impressing anybody um so no, I mean,
1: it's not real that's the thing like
0: like Johnny the way it's, is not brought up on, it's yeah. just not
1: relatable like yeah. nobody like well lo- nobody really believes that these people are spy agents you know what i yeah. mean like,
0: save the money for the explosions and you find a show for coral <laughs> well, yeah
1: exactly
0: <laughs> there's your budget figured it out there you go hire ronnie yeah Johnny, i could i could figure this shit out um where do you want to go within your program? Um, you started it, were you nervous to start it and, um, you know, sort of went, but where, where would you like it to go?
1: You know, I'm open to like all, uh, avenues that this can go or continue to go to. Um, I don't necessarily have like a set goal in mind as far as like where I want it to go. Um, I know like in my personal life that, um, you know, I'm still, uh, wrapping up school, and I know that I want to be a broadcaster or a commentator, and that is a bridge that I fully intend on uh, getting to, Um, but we'll cross when the time comes, but I guess for the time being with this, you know, when the time's right, I'll probably make my way back into doing this again, Um, yeah, I took the last three weeks off, Um, and I'm just focused on uh, being the best Mike Lewis, you know, I don't really... (laughs) I don't really watch or listen to much noise, so to speak, of like what others are up to. I like to stay in my own lane, stay grounded. um, So that way uh, I can put forth the best me. You know what I mean? I don't like to um, I don't like to like compare myself. So, yeah. Oh,
0: that's that's a nightmare. Don't do that. Two questions and we can wrap up. Um. You are from New Jersey, but you've got a New York City background. So tell me, do you want to ultimately be living like in the heart of New York City? Um, And the second question is, you aren't following the beat of anyone else's drum, but I do want to know the people around you, the friends, the family. Um, Did people believe in your journey with this show from the beginning? Do you come from a family that kind of sees and understands it, or did it need to be tangible? Um, How has that worked out for you?
1: wow nobody's ever asked me this before Good job.
0: <laughs> I mean I'm, uh, it's 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 interesting stuff yeah
1: yeah no'm uh, I'm, gr- I'm glad um your first question was do I want to live um, in the heart of the city
0: <clears throat> yeah yeah I mean yeah
1: no he- <laughs> no okay,
0: okay.
1: It, my desired ultimate living nirvana would be Denver Colorado now I realize that for what I'm specifically doing in my life there's probably not a whole ton of uh <laughs> you know, entertainment avenues that there are in the heart of the city out in Denver, Colorado. But that's why I said my ultimate living desire, which means when, you know, maybe I'm retired, maybe I'm settled down, maybe, you know, whatever the case may be when I'm just done, I want to live in Denver, Colorado. Um, New York can be, uh, can be challenging. I'm like right there. I'm oh, New so Jersey still. You don't, love
0: New, you don't love New York. Like I do.
1: Probably, oh, probably See not. I'm
0: the I'm the Californian who spent about 7 years there. Uh I was in Weehawken, New Jersey for a little Harlem. Oh, you four. know where Caucus is? I believe so. Yeah. Uh, I was there for very little Harlem for 4 years, Bushwick, Ridgewood, all all those areas. Um but for me it was always heaven. I to me like that's what's fascinating about your backdrop. I know you're a New Jersey guy, but right you are a New Jersey guy. That's you that's where yeah. you grew up. Mm -hmm. but but then when you put a new york city background i was like does he also have the fascination of the city like i do i think some people either have it or they don't to me that's my denver (laughs) like i don't have you know it's a hard city and it can run you down but um what you get out of it to me is so magical it always brings out the best of me that's what's weird about it it's like my perfect yin yang you know it could be challenging but it kind of steps me up to like be my best version of myself so I really like it. But uh, to your Denver comment, you know, what's funny, though, you can kind of maybe do things independently now in a way that you couldn't before. That's something to think about. You know, when we came up before and there was no social media, you were restricted to the big cities if your dreams were in alignment. But who's to say, you know, this this might just be a preliminary show for you. You might do something different. You might pivot. And that could be the next big thing, you know, Joe Rogan, who? (laughs) And at that point you do it on your own. And there's something very gratifying in that. Um, And I've seen both sides of it. You know, I was always, unfortunately, because there was no uh, other option. I was always a nine days a week worth of work, (laughs) no sleeping. And I was always for the company. And sadly, those companies, these radio stations would eat me up and spit me out. And now it took me a long time to get to wanting to do digital content on my own. But the only benefit that keeps me going a lot of the times is that if I do succeed and when I succeed, I can have any type of life that I choose. For me, it happens to be New York is the greatest, but I'm also from L.A. and there's some nice places in L.A. too. (laughs) So we'll see. Yeah.
1: No, the idea of like working for yourself or working on your own time is something that I've kind of fallen in love with you know, I mean, obviously, I like I mentioned, I'm still like doing the school thing. So um, but as far as like working, like, this is what I do. This is what I yeah. do year round. And like, ultimately, it's up to me, like when I want to show up on time, you know, I don't have a boss telling me like, come bring me coffee <laughs> at six in the morning. And I don't have a professor like, come, uh, we got class at 9am when it comes to this, mm-hmm. you know, so I've, uh, I very much enjoy being my own boss, for better or for worse, you know, because with that, I'm ultimately going to be my harshest critic and I'm ultimately going to be on myself harder than anybody else would be. You know what right. I mean? Cause I hold myself to a very high standard with what I feel um, should be done or shouldn't be done. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: now to the question about the support. Yeah. Did you come from a gigantic family who loved the arts and were like, go for it. Or was this something you had to go out on a limb and sort of do on your own and bring a tangible bit of success for them to kind of understand it?
1: I have I have an extremely large family. Like, for to put it into perspective, just on my mom's side alone, I have 21 cousins. Oh, okay. So, big family. Um, as far as, like, the art of what I do, I've taken a very drastically different approach, I would say compared to, like, the norm. Um, usually, like, the the thing with my family, like, they've gone on to either be, like, school teachers or, like, dabbling in, like, sports coaching and stuff like that, whereas, like, the entertainment route, the interviewing route, broadcasting route, communications route had never been tapped into until, like, me. So that was definitely, um, you know, a navigation system that I had to take on sort of on my own. So, like, I would say when I started this, like... Nobody, as far as like in my inner circle, um, family and friends, um, knew that I was really going to be starting this. And I would honestly say is the sad truth is, and I said this, you know, I had an interview with like uh, Susie. She had me as a guest on Brain Candy. I told her this as well. The sad reality is a lot of people out there just aren't going to be happy seeing you happy or succeeding. Hmm and that's why I keep a lot of what I do in the dark until it's finished. You know, like I really just do what I have to do and put it out and then just fade away. Um, you know, cause I feel like the more and more you talk to someone about something and say it doesn't happen, then they're glad to see you kind of falter. Yeah. So I would say in the beginning there was, um, not a ton of, uh, you know, support garnering my way. And um, since then, I would say I've at least at the least gained respect where, like, it's become clear, like, you know, you may not, like, know what I'm doing, but, you know, you respect me to the point where you see what I've done from afar and you can't help but appreciate, um, you know, what I've been able to accomplish, I guess.
0: That and they could probably see how happy you are doing it. I mean, that's got to be yeah, something, I mean- too
1: that's what i'm saying throw me a bone you know what i mean like i yeah, i like to uh stay on the good side of people you know what i mean
0: i was quite against doing it like i said coming from radio i wanted to stick in traditional traditional media uh and had lots of successes over the years but i was like against it against it against it and then the only thing that became the most amazing when i did start it was that i was like oh wow i fell in love with all these other elements you know the design element like the how i'm gonna put my show together element which was Similar to what we did in regular radio, too, but I guess, honestly, I hate to say it, not having somebody chew you out and tell you how to be the best best version of you. Now, there's some some goodness in that when you have bosses that kind of want to sit with your work and you guys listen to it together and become better. Um, So I'm always open for, like with my close colleagues, like, Mm -hmm. you know, to better each other. But in terms of like working for somebody and they're like, let's make the best of Mike Lewis. And you're just like, I know how to make the best of me. You know, let's work together as a partnership almost. And a lot of those older jobs weren't doing it, you know. So I don't shit on traditional media ever because I still have giant dreams of being on like late night talk shows Mm -hmm. or, you know let's get Drew Barrymore out of there. And I'll take that, I'll take that slot. Um, But all of it is fun. And you can see that the fun is coming through your face when you do these interviews. You are super serious. We could tell you are a very serious guy. But every once in a while, you smile and have fun. Um, this is my last question. This is just a fun little casting thing. Um, so we have New Orleans Homecoming. This is the third Homecoming. Um, let's mix some shows together. So uh, on MTV, they have the Jersey Shore Family Vacation. If you were to cast, let's say, five to seven people. Let's say seven. Seven. seven people for the real-world family vacation, who do you choose, and where will they go?
1: <laughs> Ooh.
0: I'll play the game, too, because this is not going to be easy. And then once you do this, we're done.
1: <laughs> so this is almost like a road rules in a way.
0: Yeah, but the only thing is there's no – it's still in a house because it's like a family okay. – like like Jersey Shore, family vacation. But are they
1: staying in one location at all times?
0: Staying in one location. Okay. Very Jersey Shore-ish. It's more just like in-the-house partying for the most part. Right. Um, But who are the seven most interesting people?
1: All right, well, we're putting Julie in that house.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she has earned I don't know what the heck title, but this New Orleans has been a mess with her.
1: We're gonna do um all right, we're gonna do um Julie. C- can I use like road rulers that
0: yeah, let's use real world and road rules only, no fresh meat.
1: So if somebody debuted on road rules, they can still put them on this, right?
0: Yeah, let's 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 open it up then.
1: We're going to put Julie on this thing. Um, we're going to put Coral. Cara Zavalletta.
0: Oh, from Road Rules. Yes. Okay. Yep.
1: Just because I have some vested interest there. And um, no, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm, I'm thinking if I want to go with four girls or four guys
0: here. Yeah, that's where it gets tough. Yeah. So you have three girls right now.
1: Yeah. All right. I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll figure out three guys before I decide the final one. All right. Mm-hmm. So those are the three. So this then is our
0: hypothetical a- real world road rules family family vacation like Jersey Shore. He's got three uh, female cast members so far.
1: this is prob- <laughs> probably probably David There's no right Edwards.
0: answer really.
1: Probably David Edwards. Probably.
0: Oh, recent David. Yeah, from uh, Venice from uh, LA. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, David Do from you remember LA. when he
0: got spit on by Puck at the on challenge? Puck. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, you have me tempted, but I feel like they're both similar character yeah, arcs, so I don't I'm trying to like you know yeah, you gotta pick here. the
0: vulnerable, you gotta pick the crybaby, yeah. you gotta pick the scholastically smart or athletic, you know, all these things. Casting oh, is not easy.
1: I'm gonna put Dunbar in that house.
0: Dunbar from Denver. Sydney. Oh, Sydney, Sydney, okay. Wow. We're gonna, put,
1: we're gonna put Dunbar in there. Um.
0: So that's a total of five so far. No, four. Yeah, yeah.
1: Dunbar, um... Hmm, this is very challenging.
0: <laughs> and if you're checking out the program here, you are welcome to drop in the comments who would be your seven people out of real world and road rules as a family vacation. Um, who would you pick in the house?
1: I'm going to put Shane. Okay. Shane Landrum.
0: That's the one that was on road rules.
1: Campus crawl. Yeah. Yeah. Where to put Shane there. Um... And this is where we get, uh, this is where it gets challenging.
0: (laughs) You don't have to finish, but it's a fun game to think about, you know. And with the the streaming platforms, you never know what other shows they're going to spin off. I mean, MTV, I think, has a version of uh, Angelina competing against other party animals to try to win some competition now. So the streaming is getting out of hand. So I was like, let me make a fun casting game. Um, And by the way, streaming Paramount Plus, if you guys need a show, just hire me. I mean, I will make a fucking show. What the hell? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and we're going to put, um, we're going to put a, uh, Hmm. This is very challenging.
0: <laughs> it's okay. Um, you don't have to answer that. I just wanted to do that. I would choose um, Heather B. Okay. She's coming in. I'd bring in Heather B. I'd bring Kara Kahn. Um, I'll do, I'm going to do four women and three men. I'm gonna stick with real worlders. So Heather B, Kara Khan. I'm gonna bring in a rare appearance from Jamie Chung. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna be able to get her for the series. We're gonna pay her her worth. Um, surprisingly, I'm not gonna pick Coral because you know she's gonna have another show. <laughs> uh, but my fourth girl is gonna be not even somebody I really enjoyed. Who was but but um. Who was the the Austin girl? I didn't like Austin as a cast, but who was the, the, the hairdresser? What was her name? Ooh. Was it Rachel? No, Rachel was the other Lacey? girl. Lacey? Lacey. We're going to put Lacey with that group. The three guys are going to be Ace from Paris. Paris. Um, It's going to be... Oh, God, I wanted to pick another girl. I just thought of her from London. Who's our London girl? Kat? No, it's not Kat. Um, Jacinda? The, the one that used to sing a little bit. She was. She, she sang. Also, she had the. Yeah. Anyways, I can't remember her name right at the moment. Um. Anyways, for guys, I said Ace. I'm gonna put in Tyler. I'm gonna put in, and I'm gonna put Theo from Chicago in. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Theo. Do I have one more? I think I have one more guy. Right. Tyler. Ace.
1: Theo. Ace.
0: Yeah. Um. The last, the last guy I would put in for this casting opportunity would be, let's see. Um, it's so funny because now once you start thinking of people they become archetypes unfortunately because that's how they casted the show so many years ago so I don't want to do something too similar Um, let's see was there anyone interesting on Key West? it's about Lana Uh, was she on Key West? yeah Oh, yeah. Um, Paula. Jose was his name? Jose.
1: Let's put Jose on the show.
0: Let's put the, the some no-namers, not no-namers to be mean, but like let's put some people in. Let's, let's kick up some dust, and let's have a, a, a great show. That's who I would put just, on my just show. Just because
1: you said that, maybe I'll interview him in like a week. <laughs> and know? if I do, you're going to be the first one to hear that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, this was just nonsense for... Us to just talk about a bunch of real world and road rule stuff and a little bit about your career. Like you said, you're just kind of taking it easy breezy. You're not really mentioning anything um, set in stone, and you know you may pivot at some point, but you're having a great time now, and it, it shows. And uh, congrats on all that. Did you have any questions for me?
1: <laughs> when, when when did uh, when did uh, you start this? Like just like the freelancing stuff.
0: Um, so the last job that I had actually, um, before the pandemic was um, involved in producing a podcast for VH1 through another company called Revolver Podcast. So I actually was at Viacom, both offices, the one on 42nd Street okay. or off of 42nd Street and the one downtown. That ended as the pandemic started. And i it was basically like I had been producing a show for someone else, you know, but mm-hmm. it's always great to do that because you get your paycheck. And so what I ended up doing, and then the pandemic shut us all up. So I was like, Oh man, this is. I'm just gonna keep my like schedule, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's
0: kind of how I did it. So I just stopped, stopped doing, let's say, a lot of hard work for someone else and getting a paycheck for it. And then I started doing a lot of hard work for me without a paycheck at the beginning. So that was the hardest part. But uh, for anyone that is trying to get into it, it's like it just gets easier and better as it goes. That doesn't mean every episode's good. You do fuck up a lot. Yeah. Um, or I do. Um, I, I'm old enough to have a bad attitude. When I was your age, dude, oh shit, I was pleasant as a peach now i just talk shit all the time i'm a grumpy 41 year old and Um, so it's been interesting to bring that much authenticity to my show um when i was in my 20s i was trying to arc it in such a way to do what success needed you to do and i never i don't know i just let it rip now um sometimes i'm like dang i'm really shitting on the millennials i don't mean to but I just let it rip. I think most people have understood that it's uh, it's me. <laughs> and um, I'm not, I'm not going to stop. You know, I've done a little bit of reality TV over the years. TLC Network, I did a show, uh, Fuse TV, I was on the VJ Search. So I, I love talking about it because I have a perspective, not just in radio, but from like having cameras in my face as well. Um, granted, my shows were never this big, but imagine if they were. Uh, so it's just fun, man. It's just all fun. All right. Any last thoughts for you or I guess that's it?
1: No, I just thank you for, um, you know, obviously having me on here and, uh, you know, appreciating what I do.
0: All right. Well, go and continue to check out Mike Lewis podcast. Uh, He specializes (laughs) in, you know, interviews with the real world and uh, road rules and the challenge and all that stuff. Uh, Also has an affinity for Nickelodeon as well. So we might see more interviews there, I guess. I don't know. And uh, you never know where he pivots, but you have a great focus mental health is big on your mind. So you take breaks, which is important. And with that type of um uh, game plan, I think you'll be a, a huge success. Um, if you want to, you know,
1: thank you. Well, I All hope right. so. <laughs> well that
0: wraps it up um, in that. Yeah, no, that's it. That's it for me. I will talk to you, Mike, uh, another time.
1: For sure. Thank you so much for uh, having me.
0: You got it.